Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Lusty Dusty Hawkinsmith. Dusty, how you doing, bud? Uh, better now having heard you say that. There was, um, I mean, not to get too far down the road on this, but there was a time where I jokingly said that that would be my dancer name, like if I were on stage. Um, then, lo and behold, I get I get a, a striptease job, and I didn't even go with that for, for a name, so go figure. What did you use then? Um, I don't know. I was just kidding about that. Who wants to see me with my shirt off? Not even my wife. Dustin, we are going to segue and move on. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? I, I am positive. And the the sad part is, Dusty, I don't know how to. I, how do you get from that to something else? I do not know. But somehow I am going to talk about our trip to the Penn State-Auburn game. I, I, I don't know how to smoothly do this except period, end of paragraph, end of chapter. Let's talk. In September, Penn State is traveling to Auburn, and Dusty and I will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. We're partnering with Collegiate Athletic Travel to offer this opportunity. Flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and guess what? Dustin and I... We'll have a meet-up with you. We're going to be doing a podcast from down there Friday night. It'll be a lot of fun. You'll get a chance to participate. Absolute best. The tailgate party is going to be a barbecue tailgate. Can't wait for it to happen. And we hope you'll be able to join us. You can get more information at athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414. And by the way, you got to get moving deadline of July 22nd. That's just a couple weeks from now if you want to join us, and we hope you can. All right, Dusty, let's get back to Penn State business. And I just got this vision in my head, and I can't get it out, so I hate you. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Lusty Dusty, he doesn't go away. Anyway, moving on, Dusty, let's talk about a rough week, an interesting week in recruiting last week for the Penn State Nittany Lions. The big one was quarterback Marcus Stokes decommitting. Probably not a shocking development in that he's from Florida. And whenever you have a kid from far away, that's always a threat that the local schools will go after him. Plus, let's face it, quarterback between the portal and decommitments, we've seen this before. Will Levis, Tommy Stevens, Justin Fields, Michael Johnson, Micah Bowens. I mean, the names go on. But am I wrong here that I'm a little bit upset about this one, though, which I'm not usually. I feel like he was a very underrated quarterback. Penn State, in essence, discovered him. And Penn State brought him to the big time, brought um, attention to him. And out of nowhere, I think it even took James Franklin by surprise. He decommits, 
as he commits to Florida. So obviously this was going on. And unlike other positions where there's multiple people, you only recruit the one quarterback this year, and there's not a lot of good quarterbacks left, are there? There is not. You know, it's a position that more and more quarterbacks commit early in cycles. It's just the way things go. Um, there's only one spot available in a lot of cases to commit. So the the game of musical chairs begins pretty early in each, each recruiting cycle. So losing a commitment in mid-July is a tough break for Penn State. Uh, you mentioned Justin Fields and, and Will Levis. I kind of went back at the details in that 2018 recruiting cycle because Penn State... I don't think they discovered Justin Fields from the state of Georgia, but certainly he wasn't who he ultimately ended up being. You know, his stock soared after he um, committed to Penn State. And, you know, Georgia started leaning on him. He had reason to, to stay in his backyard and, and go there. Similar situation here with Marcus Stokes. Now, uh, Justin Fields ended up decommitting in early June of that cycle. And then Penn State, uh, their plan B was Will Levis, who came for a camp in mid-July, and he ended up committing shortly after. So, you know, you look at the number of, and I'm pretty sure it's 32 out of the top 35 quarterbacks in the 24-7 sports composite are currently committed someplace else. It doesn't mean that those commitments are ironclad. Like Penn State, one of their options is to maybe go after a guy they've had a relationship with. Uh, it also doesn't mean that somebody who's not committed or somebody who's a three-star doesn't have merit because Will Levis, looking back on him as a prospect from Connecticut, he was a a gem that they unearthed. You know, they, uh, he um, I think he had a Florida State offer at the time. There were some grumblings that Will Levis could be something. And uh, physically, you know, looking at at his testing numbers, he was an unbelievable athlete going back then. You know, didn't really make a lot of contribution at Penn State, but now look at him. Uh, it, it developed, and he could be a first-round draft pick uh, this spring. So it, whoever Penn State goes after, you know, I think they have a history, and this is a pretty good working example, similar time frame, similar situation uh, with a quarterback down south. There is precedent for Penn State to be able to kind of quickly regroup, reevaluate some guys who are on their board, maybe get a, a, another player or two on campus for a workout. And just because their recruitment hasn't blown up yet doesn't mean they aren't viable prospects. And I think Will Levis is a testament to that. And what you also have is a situation I've heard uh, Penn Staters say this. Well, you got two quarterbacks in last year's class, so aren't you in pretty good shape? Well, maybe you f feel pretty good about things this year. You know, there's four quarterbacks, so it's not bad. But you know, finally, this is it for Sean Clifford, right? His his 37th year uh, with the team and final. So, but you will have three young players, Christian Vayu, Bo Prabula, and Drew Aller. There's no guarantee that after spring practice or even before spring practice of next year that one of these players thinks, you know what, my options are better elsewhere. Then, God forbid, you are down to two quarterbacks for next season. You need at least another body here, even if it's, you mentioned, what was it, 32 of the top 35 quarterbacks are gone. I think what they need is just the guy who would be a competent backup quarterback and willing to be there as that backup for the next several years. 
you need a body, right? Yeah, and, and I think that is that's true of the prospect profile. At this stage of the game, if you're not going to flip somebody who who's a, a true blue chipper, and and who knows? I mean, once the season begins, if Penn State's offense is scorching and 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 uh, you know giving some new reason to want to come there and play quarterback, maybe you open your your line of sight up to some of the higher profile guys. But at this point in time you're probably looking at somebody who needs some work. You're looking at a a developmental guy, a three-star with some upside, but probably isn't a year one, two, or three guy. Maybe is a year four, year five type type player. That's probably your market right now. And I think as you look back once again at this 2018 cycle, I think you can probably put Will Levis in, in that box. That's the route they went with. Um, they got as much upside as they could. And, and I think the good thing with the situation they're in not that you take you can't take any cycle off when it comes to recruiting quarterbacks. I think you need at least one every single cycle because odds are you're probably going to lose one every other year or so. So um, you never go you don't go a, a year without taking a quarterback, but you do have a good situation with the experience and the youth and and the development with of guys who are currently on the depth chart where you don't necessarily need a guy who's going to be a frontline starter in two years. You can take your time and maybe maybe uh, you know a couple years after that you uh, develop this player and, and and turn him into something special. So we'll see. I, I think that's what they're looking at though is somebody who is a three star for that reason where you can see the physical so- stuff. You just kind of have to spend some time with them getting them up to speed on all the other um, responsibilities of a quarterback. If you have your choice, Dustin, obviously. Unless they get somebody to flip, you're going to get a flawed quarterback. What would you rather see? Maybe that guy who's the big, strong-arm guy, but obviously rough around the edges that you'd have to develop. You know, high ceiling, low floor, hope he comes through. Or do you get maybe that undersized guy who will never be the five-star All-American type, but he's got a higher floor if a lower ceiling, which route do you take? Well, I mean, I think it really is going to come down to the player. Like if Trace McSorley is out there right now, a player that they love their the, his competitiveness and uh, has no issue with their physical tools and thinks they're just being slept on because they don't really check off all the boxes of college quarterback. I think Penn State would be elated to have that player just like they'd be elated to have Will Levis again, who tests off the charts, uh, but that you know needs to iron out mechanics and needs to learn how to, uh, you know, the sophistication uh, of an offense. So I think it's really going to come down to me personally. Uh, I think I'd probably err on the side of getting those physical tools and trusting my coaching staff to bring them up to speed, knowing that I probably have some time and knowing that if that's the type of player that I'm getting, I can I can probably expect them not to transfer after year one. I mean, that's always a possibility, but um, somebody who's a three star who who um, you know didn't get a ton of attention, maybe I have my I have some time with that player and can develop him. Uh, that's the route that I would pr- I would probably tend to go. Interesting that you bring up Trace McSorley's name. It seems like we're always comparing quarterbacks to him. That's who Marcus Stokes was before his uh, recruitment blew up. Uh, Real quickly before we end the segment, another disappointment. Trayon Webb, the four-star running back from Florida, also played Florida about the same time. Uh, That was a bit of a surprise also, Dusty. 
it feels like they were related, you know, like I think if there was a relationship with him and Marcus Stokes and Stokes ended up picking uh, Florida, then Trayon Webb maybe, maybe went with that too. It really comes down to, you know, what are the reasons for a Florida kid to commit to Penn state? If it's based on the possibility of playing with another Florida teammate, it's going to be flimsy. And so you saw all the movement in, in his crystal ball was heading in Penn state's direction. Then just like that, you know, I don't. I didn't even know, realize he was ready to make that commitment. Uh, so I think Marcus Stokes had something to do with that, um, a, a surprise, and I think he took it as a bit of a gut punch for Penn State. But the good news there is that they are already in deep uh, with an, another running back who I'm sure we'll touch on here in quarter number two. We definitely will, and I want to start with um, quarter number two with one more question about Trayon Webb. We will hit that as we start up. We're, there's so much news going on, Dusty. One quarter, one segment was not enough. We will go into quarter number two with more of the news from last week. So stick around. You don't want to miss it. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Lusty Dusty Hawkinsmith. Dustin, we were taking care of the news. And by the way, folks, I just want you to be aware. I know we've talked about it before. This is not me choosing to call Dustin Lusty Dusty. It is his choice. He is putting himself out there as Lusty Dusty. It's on him, not me. 
So if you want to complain about it, you got an issue with it, send it to Dusty. What's your Twitter handle so they could send you the complaints, Dusty, not me? It's at, at Lusty Dusty Sensual is the, is the Twitter handle. I try, to get, I try to get as many spunky adjectives in there as I could. Let's just move on. I'm not even going to try to segue. I'm just moving on. When we finished quarter number one, we had moved on from Marcus Stokes, the quarterback decommit, to Trayon Webb, who many thought was leading Penn State's way. He's um, chosen Florida also. Penn State had two running backs that they've been looking at, Trayon Webb out of Florida and London Montgomery, who's from Scranton. Now, we're releasing this podcast on Monday, which is the day Montgomery is supposed to uh, make his announcement. I hate to say it, I don't want to jinx it, but indications are he's looking Penn State's way. But it leads me to the question, Dustin, because I've been asking all along with looking at two running backs, was Penn State looking to sign two guys? And when you have the two who are announcing with a a couple days of each other, and maybe, well... I don't think Montgomery's going to Florida, so it's pretty obvious they're going to different schools. Was there the issue that two running backs in this class may have been one too many? But the question is, one too many for who? Was it one too many for Penn State, or maybe was it one too many for Trayon Webb? That's tough to say. I mean, I don't really know where his priorities are, but um, I think at the running back spot, it not only is, is uh, not a liability for a program to say, hey, we've got five running backs, um, you know, good running backs on the depth chart. It's actually an asset because I think everybody is on board with the fact that you don't have to carry it 300 times a year to get the attention of college coaches. There are so many examples of guys who are backups or they are, you know, 1A and 1B and they just explode at the next level because they have that skill set and NFL team want as little mileage as they can get while still having a good working sample for how how good they can be. So if that is a, a detriment for Trayon Webb, I'd be surprised by that. Um, and, and in terms of Penn State um, taking two running backs in this class, boy, I mean, it's another situation where you uh, it's just a slippery slope. You know, you look at the guys who are on the depth chart right now. You've got the two freshmen who came in last year. Um, you've got Kevon Lee. You've got Devin Ford, Kaziah Holmes. So the odds of Devin Ford being back, um, I don't know. I, I think he'll have exhausted eligibility. Either way, I, I, I think he'll have another year after this one, um, the, the COVID year, to be able to play if he wants. It's hard to see him back unless his role really grows. Like I could see him being a grad transfer and getting a change of scenery somewhere. Somewhere. And now you look at Kaziah Holmes, who's the fifth running back on the depth chart right now. You know, it's hard to see him really getting enough traction. He's a pretty talented guy. He's from Florida. Uh, you could see him dissatisfied and moving on. And then at the top of the depth chart, let's just say for a second that Nick Singleton and Katron Allen really take over and start to run the show. What happens with Kevon Lee if it looks like he's going to be the number three next year? So it's like you have a bunch of different possibilities, uh, realistic possibilities of players uh, not getting exactly what they want out of this situation and maybe looking to change their scenery and go someplace else. So yeah, the, the depth chart is stocked full right now, but the odds of it being just as stocked full Come you know February, I, I, I'm not I'm not really sure. So 
I don't think taking two running backs is a mandate in this class. Um, but I think if it were the right two players, Penn State would have entertained that idea. And it looks like Trayon Webb and London Montgomery would have been the right two players. So now with Trayon Webb committed to Florida, uh, London Montgomery, uh, you know, as you said before, he, he might already be committed by the time you hear this. Um, if, if he arrives at Penn State, is there another must-take running back out there for Penn State? Um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. So I, I, I think, you know, if I were a betting man, uh, I'd say Penn State ends this cycle with just the one running back commitment now. I would think that will be the case, too, and we'll talk about it uh, later in the week, London Montgomery, whichever way his decision goes. Uh, Dustin, there was good news on the recruiting front. Um, Elliot Washington, he had been in Alabama uh, commit. He's a four-star. From my understanding, that relationship between he and Alabama had cooled, and it was pretty obvious he was going to decommit and go elsewhere. He did choose the Nittany Lions over Michigan State. It's turning into a very nice uh, defensive backfield class here, isn't it? Yeah, with all with all those roots in the South, you know, the looking at you know three defensive backs from Florida, another you know another one here um, who who flipped from Alabama. Uh, and there, the variety of players is nice too. You know, Dakari Nelson is six foot three. Uh, he is a long safety who I think can can play that spot and maybe transition to linebacker later. Uh, you look at um, you know Conrad Hussey is a, a pretty good versatile all around player, and then King Mack is a is a state track champ who's a little bit small, but uh, but you can see him being an impact guy too. Now you have Elliott Washington coming in as a cornerback. Um, who maybe potentially could move to safety later if that option you know presents itself if that's the best way for, to use him, you know five eleven he's about one hundred and ninety or so pounds. You know his prospect profile reminds me quite a bit of Keaton Ellis coming out of State College, where uh, he's just a fantastic athlete. Um, Elliot Washington, I think he can make the grade in terms of just pure coverage. Love his feet. I mean, the, the way that he is able to kind of pick up, transition, change direction, his feet are very, very fast. And, you know, that points to me as being a really good coverage day, all, all, coverage guy all day long. Um, so, yeah, what what a what a good flip here for Penn State. And they were able to outduel Michigan State for him. You've got now three kids from Florida, two kids from Alabama, and five kids from Pennsylvania in, in this class. So it's a very unique class where they've, you know, made, made a little bit of headway uh, in Alabama, and they're continuing to keep reaping the benefits of uh, J. Juan Sider's roots there in Florida. And that's nice. Once you start, that success could build on itself. And you're right, you are seeing that. And Florida, Alabama, just so many good players down there, Dustin. If you're a viable option for these kids now, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, just a real quick mention, we've been talking recruiting. Coming up this week, a couple of linebackers are scheduled for their commit dates. Tony Rojas and Tamir Robinson. We've been talking about these names absolutely forever, Dustin. Hopefully we'll get to talk to about them next week after making commitments to Penn State. So uh, be on the lookout for that. want to hit a couple other news items, though. Penn State put out an updated roster. A few interesting things. Uh, Drew Aller 
has really put on some pounds. He was he's up to what two hundred forty two pounds now. I I saw him previously listed at two twenty five. This is a big kid. He he is a big big dude, and I I think the way that he plays, uh, that's okay. You know, I I think one thing that I would just say is that um, Penn State updates this every so often. And I think they're pretty forthcoming with, you know, where a guy is on his off season, you know, weight training, uh, journey. And sometimes, you know, you just got to kind of think about the fact that, you know, here we are in July, this isn't the end of the journey. You could see some of these guys drop weight, but you know, for Drew Aller to be 242, he's a big thick guy and I don't think that's too big for him you know I, I I don't I don't think if he ends up playing at the at that weight I don't think that that's a problem at all you know being six foot five uh he can still move he can still uh kind of use his legs a little bit that's that's fine uh I just wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a, checking a little bit lighter whenever you're talking about you know training camp coming around but you also got to remember he just got there a few months ago and if he's already up to 242. Candidly, I kind of like that at quarterback. <laughs> you know, you're getting hit by some pretty big dudes. And at 242, he could start delivering a little bit of punishment. If some of those little guys want to come up and try to hit him, they might just bounce off him. So I don't mind that. There were a couple other. Speaking of big dudes, Malik McNeil, six foot seven. Dustin, did I read it right? He's up to 370. Yeah, and and again, I mean, that's maybe him just getting acclimated to the weight room. Uh, but yeah, he is six foot seven, three hundred seventy pounds. Uh, I think maybe he's just at a place where it's like, hey, get stronger. Um, you know, we're we're not really thinking about throwing you out there at the, at this point. But I, I I can't imagine three seventy is is the end destination for him. I think he might just be you know having just arrived basically. You know, get in there, get stronger, work on what you need to work on. Let's let's focus on the strength. We're going to rebuild your body, uh, but it's got to start somewhere. Um, so I think he's going to go up before he's able to kind of go back down again. I'm just interested in where he ends up settling because, you know, six foot seven, he is a thick kid, but he moves really, really well. He might be able to play at 350 and have that not be a liability. I'll be pretty fascinated to see where it goes from here. Well, the difference is, Again, he's six foot seven, so that's a lot of length there to to put that kind of weight on his frame. But three seventy, that's that's a big kid. Just in comparison, Olu Fashanu is up eleven pounds to a mere three twenty one, and he's been around for a couple of years now. You got to think this is them molding the final product, getting him yeah, where, exactly where they want him to be. Yeah, and he 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 carries it pretty like he looks pretty slender. Uh, he looked pretty slender for three ten. So I think I think the weight's going to be just fine for him. That's probably going to be a pretty good playing situation for him. If he's six six three twenty one, is able to absorb some bull rushes and still be able to move well enough to to um you know to fend off uh you know one on one pass rush situations. I think that's a pretty good weight for him. I'm looking forward to seeing him in pads. Well, again, when you're an offensive lineman, you put on, uh, you know, 10 pounds. Who knows? That could be just one good meal. But you're right. He was built in such a way that it looked like it could carry him. One more interesting one was Catron Allen actually down five pounds. It's always interesting to me 
Dustin, when a running back loses some weight, because the model at Penn State seems to have always been to build them up. Remember how big Saquon Barkley got, but uh, still at 211, I think he's built pretty well. That is it for quarter number two, though. Stick around. We'll have more to talk about in quarter number three. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind we are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. Hi, this is Dustin Hockensmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. It's quarter number three. And Dustin, we're going to get back to our KSN Top 40 countdown. Before we do, want to mention one other thing about our trip for the Penn State-Auburn football game in September. We've been getting some questions from our listeners from the South. We've got, you talk about James Franklin going down there into Florida and Alabama for recruiting. Dustin, Keystone Sports, we've already been down there, okay? We've got a big fan base down there. We see it in our questions. We get so many questions from people from Florida, from Georgia, from Alabama. But a couple things have come up. I've gotten a couple uh, questions about people who are want to drive to the game. They're down south there. They want to go to Auburn for the game. And our friends at Collegiate Athletic Travel have worked out a land-only package. So if you don't need to fly down there with us from up north here, but you want to drive in, but you want to stay for the weekend and join us, They have the land package, which includes the hotel, uh, 
the transport to and from the game, the tailgate party, everything else is there for you. So if you want to join us and you're already down south and just want to drive to the game, please call the folks at Athletic Travel, 800-788-4414, or go to athletictravel.com. They'll be able to tell you all about it. It's a great deal, and would love to meet you folks. You send us our, your questions all the time and your comments. This is a chance for us to meet you in person. Dusty and I would love to see you there. All right, Dustin, it's time to get back to our KSN Top 40. And we're moving along. We're up to number 24. And I really want to get your take here. We were talking a little bit about running backs um, with recruiting and with uh, – uh, players losing weight or gaining weight at the position. And you have as your number 24 guy running back, Kevon Lee. It's really going to be interesting to see where you're placing all the running backs because there's a plethora of them. And it's going to be interesting to see which one rises to the top. Yeah, which, which one or which ones rise to the top? I think there, there's going to be a competition, I think, for that top job. For the second, the the number two job, for number three, for number four, for number five, I I feel like Penn State's got the bodies that no role can be taken for granted as we sit here today, including the starting job. But Kevon Lee, I mean, he he's the most accomplished runner on the depth chart right now, and I think that counts for something. Uh, you look back at you know 2020, you know Penn State needed somebody. And uh, and and they were able to count on Kevon Lee to be a productive runner in the second half of that season. You know, really, I think him coming on uh, and the and the offensive line starting to block better opened the passageway for them to win four games in a row and finish the season on a respectable note. Then, and now you look at, at last year where it just seemed like the coaching staff was a little reluctant to to lean on him um, as a starter. You know, Noah Kane wasn't quite himself. Uh, last year after injury and, and trying to come back from that and, and getting his head right as, as part of that process. It, they seem to be slow to turn to Kevon Lee as their true workhorse guy. I know a lot of people were clamoring for them to make that switch for a lot of the year. I just wonder why they didn't sooner. Um, what What's their perception of Kevon Lee? So, uh, you know, you look at what he's shown on films at time and being six foot and 234 pounds, which is where he's listed at Penn State's uh, most recent roster uh, update. You know, he, he's a guy who can run. I just don't know. Like, how would you describe Kevon Lee's running? You know, he's a big guy. Uh, he runs very well. Uh, he just doesn't run. He doesn't put a lot of juice behind his pads. Um, I don't know if he's the most instinctive running back I've ever seen. You know, I think there's, I, I think he can come in and bring a spark when he does come in. I just feel like as the season goes on, that spark is going to be reserved for not starting a game, but maybe, maybe as a change, a, a little bit of a change of pace. I like his package of skills. I think he can run. He's big. Um, I just want to see, you know, can he run with more physicality? Can he make guys miss? Can he make something out of nothing? You know, I think there are some times where Kevon Lee is so scattered in his style that he makes he's a lot more likely to make nothing out of something than he is uh, something out of nothing. So I, I just don't know. He, he's a tricky guy to try to figure out where he fits in here. Do you get the sense, Dustin, that he's 
been number one a little bit by default, but he's ended up in the coach's doghouse because it is him trying to make something out of nothing and failing at it. You know, this is not uh, Saquon Barkley who can do exactly that. He's trapped. The offensive line isn't doing their job. Saquon Barkley, you're saying, oh, no, he's running backward. Well, he just beats people to the outside, and he turns it into a 30-yard run. Kevon Lee's not built that way, but he's suffering from that poor offensive line also where sometimes it looks like he has nothing to work with because of that. Now, I'll be curious. I I may be in the minority in thinking that I believe the offensive line will be better this year and give the running backs, all of them, more opportunity, but will Kevon Lee be able to hold off those uh, – true freshman coming in i get i just get the feeling and this is an amateur opinion so you can take it or leave it but um i think both katron allen and nick singleton arrive at penn state just further along in the craft of running knowing how to change gears knowing when to um hold off and wait for things to develop I think Kevon Lee sometimes is just a sort of a bull in a china shop where he just he just crams his way or he runs into his his blocker's back. I think he's a guy that if you if you block something really well, uh, he's got the ability to turn it into a big gain, and we've seen that. Um, but I, I don't know that he's the guy who's going to make two guys miss, or he's the guy who's going to um, make something out of nothing, or he's going to be able to not hit the primary hole but but cut it back. You know, I just think instinctively, uh, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Now they have to do it without experiencing, obviously, uh, Big Ten level. Uh, competition. So that's going to be the that's going to be the journey for them is being able to acclimate and use those instincts they have. Uh, but I, I feel like they are just better equipped to be better runners than, than Kevon Lee. I'll I'll happily be proven wrong, but I also feel like there's a reason that Penn State hasn't made a full on commitment to Kevon Lee prior to this. Well, I was just going to say that they really haven't decided over the last couple of years who's definitively that number one guy. I suspect, as is typical, Kevon Lee will get the first shot. He's the default that when they start that first game against Purdue, he'll be the running back on play number one. I'm just not sure even in game number one, he's going to get the most carries. It's, it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. But Dustin, you have him on at number 24 on our list of the top 40. Now, number 23, this, this gets interesting here, Dusty. You have a punter, and not just any punter. You have a new punter, Alex Pachetta, coming in, and you have him winning the job, taking over. And we've learned through the last several years with multiple good punters at Penn State, just how important this position is. It's been the difference in multiple games for Penn State. Is that why he's you've got a punter all the way up there at number 23? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I think um, it's that position that, uh, you know, you don't realize you have it good until you have it bad. 
You know, and I think Penn State had it good from 2016 to 2019 to have Blake Gillikin come in um, as a true freshman and never really have any doubts whatsoever. He punted consistently. He placed balls. He boomed balls. I mean, he was a very good all-around punter. He averaged 42.8 yards per punt as, as a freshman. Now, just looking as, as, as a prospect profile in terms of how he's built, you know, Blake Gillikin was listed by Penn State as at six foot two, 196 pounds. Alex Bachetta comes in, he's 6'3", about 200 pounds. Uh, he's a good athlete. Um, he's not just a one-trick pony. And I think that that athleticism thing just really helps in this situation, helps a, a guy be consistent, uh, helps a, helps him with his mechanics. Um, but I think he's 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 a big-time punting prospect. He was the number one punter in the nation by uh, Cole's kicking. Uh, Blake Gillikin has already given his stamp of approval and, and said how impressed he's been by Alex Pachetta. Um, so I, I think all the makings are here for him to come in and I don't know if he, he is Blake Gillikin or he's going to be Blake, Blake Gillikin, but I I do get the sense that uh, he's kind of on another level when it comes to being a young punter. And uh, I, I feel like if anybody's going to be able to come in and do what Blake Gillikin was able to do, which was start years one through four without any hiccups, really. Now Blake Gillikin uh, off to the league and um, is going to be a good punter there. Picking up for Jordan Stout, who, who was a good punter in his own right. I think Alex Bachetta is, is the guy who gives you the best bet to not suffer a big drop-off from Jordan Stout. Um, and I think there's a good reason to commit to him and, and roll with him. Hey, two thoughts on this, Dustin. One is James Franklin looks for consistency. Don't just, you know, the high floor again comment. Don't make the mistakes at punter. If he can do this, th there's no doubt in my mind he has a high ceiling. But if we're talking about, you know, Blake Gilligan and Jordan Stout level at, at this position, my personal feeling is at 23, that might be too low. If indeed, I mean, there have been a few guys along the way on this list that are are a little bit more reserved. That are set, that I'm not just going to pencil in Alex Pachetta for the absolute best case scenario. I felt like putting him here, kind of right in the middle of the of the list, is a good place um, to to say, hey, there are some expectations here. I expect him to do do well. I expect him to be consistent and not make a make major screw ups. I expect him to be very competitive as a freshman. But there's room to grow here. I mean, if he is Blake Gillikin, if he comes in and is super consistent and super effective as a punter in year one, this would be a huge win for Penn State special teams uh, to not suffer that drop off from Jordan Stout. I think Alex Pachetta gives you a chance to do that. And I think um, there'd be good reason to expect him to be a really, really good four year starter. You're not going to have to worry about punter for a long time if he's as good as I think he's going to be. And let's keep our fingers crossed for that, Dustin. And as I said, over these last couple years, you, you said it early on, you don't know the value till you don't have that. I don't want to go through question marks with the punter. I want a guy who could be turn the field around for you. And Penn State has been fortunate to have a couple guys who could do that. All right, Dustin, that's it. Quarter number three. We have a couple safeties to talk about in our next segment. Stay tuned for that. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. 
Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante along with Lusty Dusty Hawkinsmith. I smile every time I say that, Dusty. Anyway, we are in the middle of our KSN Top 40, literally hitting right in the middle. We're going at numbers 22 and 21. I teased that it was from the same position, and that's safety. And let's start with Keaton Ellis. He was a not unusual story. Started out at Penn State as a cornerback and made the change over to safety from State College. Now, he was very impressive as a freshman, Dusty, getting on the field early. And I think at that point, uh, Penn State fans probably would have expected more from him by now. He's making that shift over to safety. Where does he stand right now? Is he the incumbent? Is he going to be the starter? Just where is he? And I find it interesting you put two safeties together We'll tease that second one. That's coming up shortly. But you put them right next to each other because probably one of them will end up being more valuable. Yeah, and, and it's tough. To, it's really tough to figure at this point in time which one of those will be. I've made my guess by the sequence that these guys are listed in, um, but I don't think it's by a long shot. And I honestly, I still hold out hope that Keaton Ellis can still be what he looked like he was going to be. You know, he's been a tricky projection just because of changing positions, and you know, he never really made that move up the cornerback depth chart. He had some injury stuff, but I feel like the fact that he made the transition 
from cornerback to safety in not a lot of time last year was a was a a good thing for him, and it showed that he can grow into that safety job. I I love his skill set. You know, I, I want to see him be able to string together 12 of his best games in a row uh, to, for a, a nice, consistent season's worth of work. And that's what's out there for him, possibly for the taking now. It's just, you know, he's got to bring it. Um, you know, the, the safety competition, you know, I, you're, you're going to rotate, you know, their, their top four seems pretty clear cut, but who's going to be the starter is going to greatly depend on what they're able to get done uh, th- this summer. Uh, Keaton Ellis, I feel like in one respect, because he's been on campus and he's played a bunch of football, he's he's got uh, a little bit of an edge because of that. And if there's a tiebreaker, for example, and it's not crystal clear that one of these other guys looking at Zaki Wheatley or Jalen Reed is better than him, then I think the coaching staff will maybe defer to him to be a starter. Um, I think he can. He, he's very good in coverage. Uh, he's willing to be physical. He can come into the box if you need him to. I think he's been okay with that. Um, I, I think he's a pretty versatile guy uh, and he's a super athlete. You know, he's ha- he had experience at safety prior to um, arriving at Penn State. So I, I think w- the best football is still out there for him. And I want to see him step into a role where he can make the most of it. But as of right now, I mean, he's got, he's still got to earn that starting job. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, another guy that we'll touch on in a moment has more upside than Keaton Ellis does because of one specific skill. So Keaton Ellis has to show that, you know, his veteran, his experience, uh, and his consistency, it, it, it wins the day for, for him. He's got to be able to make plays uh, next to Jair Brown. Well, he's the veteran coming over. I like the fact that um, they bring these safeties over from cornerback. That typically means that they have good coverage skills, which is still that important at safety. And, you know, does it is it going to come down to is that experience just him being around for a few years outweighs the promise that you get from the younger players? You know, I think trust and consistency are, are, are big, big deals. I mean, uh, I'm not saying Zaki Wheatley's going to do this, but if he's going to make a, a diving interception on one play and then read something completely wrong on the next, I mean, it's not a net neutral situation. You know, you have to prove that, you know, the downside of your play uh, has to has to be there as well as the upside of your play. And I think Keaton Ellis is, is the most likely of this next group to be the most consistent and there's going to be value in that. And maybe you can rotate accordingly to, to get these other guys because they both bring something very different into this rotation of safeties. Maybe, maybe you go with the more sure thing and you sprinkle in uh, some of that young upside and, and bring those guys along a little bit more slowly. I think long-term I love Zaki Wheatley. We'll talk about him here in a little bit, but Keaton Ellis, when it comes to week one, his ability to contribute and his ability to play mistake free, uh, I I just I, I think that that in week one he might be your starter there. But you know you don't it, just because you're a starter doesn't mean you're going to play all the snaps either. I think they're going to have to they're going to have to rotate often to keep all these safeties involved because they all deserve it. Well, you've mentioned the name enough. Up at number twenty one is the key Wheatley, another guy moving from that cornerback position to safety and with a lot of uh, 
talk from the uh, coaching staff uh, during the spring. Um, I, I'm, I'm watching as a baseball fan, Dustin, the baseball draft is coming up pretty soon. I'm one of the few guys who actually gets excited about it. And they use the expression, this guy, there's a lot of helium. You know, they're really rising. And that's the way I feel about Zakee Wheatley. He's he's rising. There's a lot of he, helium with his name through the spring. And you do have him listed ahead of Keaton Ellis. Well, let's put it this way. So I asked Anthony Poindexter uh, a couple weeks ago, just in general terms, uh, walk me through the opportunities, the challenges, the process of a guy moving from cornerback to safety. And his response was to mention Zaki Wheatley right away. I didn't mention him specifically, but he said for Zaki Wheatley, it's just as simple as getting up from one position room to the other, as if to say... You know this kid is this kid is is making a pretty fast transition, uh, and it's clear that they are really really impressed by him. He was the takeaway king uh, of spring practice, and I think that particular skill that's the that's the skill I mentioned earlier. You know I think it's great to to be in the right place at the right time and be in position to make plays and make a good tackle in the open field. All that stuff is great, but more and more in college football. You know, you have to accept the fact that opponents are going to drive the ball on you. Opponents are going to score. But I think takeaways now more than ever mean so, so much. So if you've got a guy who is a weapon as far as that goes, and I think Jair Brown is also a weapon. Uh, Zaki Wheatley can be that also. You know, he, he was a legitimate wide receiver, a legitimate cornerback in high school. He was a legitimate cornerback, uh, almost burned his redshirt at Penn State last year. He's super long with a long wingspan. I mean, he's got so much working for him. And if that takeaway factor is, is an important thing for the Penn State coaching staff, then Zaki Wheatley is going to get more than his fair share of playing time. Whether that means he's a starter or whether that means that he, he rotates in more often than than uh, a lot of your other reserves, whatever the case might be, that takeaway prowess is super important. And we've gone through this whole song and dance with the Penn State coaching staff. Like, we're really emphasizing takeaways this spring. We're really emphasizing it. Well, if you emphasize trying to take the ball away with guys who just aren't very good at it and might not ever be very good at it, what exactly are you are you getting done? But with Zaki Wheatley, you've got a guy who is who has demonstrated that he is good at this skill, and that skill is a very, very important one. So for that reason, I, I've got his value just a tick higher than Keaton Ellis, and it might be the same situation where, okay, Kevon Lee might be your week one starter at running back. Maybe he's not, uh, but you, it's clear to me that Nick Singleton is the better running back. I think Keaton Ellis... He might be your week one starter at safety because he's got the veteran edge, but it's clear to me that Zeke Wheatley uh, is is ultimately going to be a better safety. We had, uh, prior to last season, James Franklin talked about Kalen King and said the ball finds him. What he means by that is Kalen King finds the ball, okay? And as a cornerback, it's you do that, I believe, through... Obviously, good coverage. You get in front of your uh, receiver, make the play. At safety, I feel like creating turnovers, you have a better opportunity because you have a little bit of that process of playing center field, but it's also about reading what's going on, understanding what's going on with the offense. 
we saw time and again last year, Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown, they made plays. Yes, they are physically gifted kids. They are. We know that. But they made interceptions because they were smart. They read what was happening. They anticipated what was happening ahead of time. To me, that's the skill that creates turnovers as, as a safety. Now, is that something that someone has innately? Is it because though Jair Brown and um, Brisker were just veterans who just learned that? Almost it was an academic thing. They studied so much. So is this what is that Zaki Weekly Wheatley just naturally has that instinct for it, even as a very young player? Yeah, I, I think I mean, first of all, the wingspan and and having actual ball skills, being able to go up and high point it and understand the trajectory of the ball and have that instinct. Um, I also think that there's, you know, when you're when you're picking out the angle to take to try to make a play. There, there's these guys who have that innate ability, just take the route that's going to put them in position to make a big play, not just a deflection, but to make a big play. And there is more leeway for that from coming from the safety spot. You are able to sit back. Everything's unfolding in front of you. You've got more responsibility. You've got more reads to make. You've got more communication to do, which was, you know, part, it's still part of his process to, to be a reliable safety, but there is more opportunity to jump a route or to come from someplace where the quarterback doesn't see you. If you've got that ability to see, read, and react, and then you've got ball skills and you've got length, I mean, I would say that's a pretty good combination to keep taking the ball away at, at a high level. And I think, you know, he arrives at this spot as a as a, um, as a safety, you know, with, with better tools for the job than even Jaquan Brisker because he's longer and he, he's got wide receiver experience. He can catch the ball. Um, so I think the upside there with both him and Jair Brown, whose instincts were also on full display a lot of times last year. Boy, that's that's a, a combination of safeties that could get you 9, 10, 11 interceptions between them. Just so I understand this correctly, you just said Zaki Wheatley's going to be better than Jaquan Brisker? <laughs> yeah, if that's, if that's the way you want to take it, sure. <laughs> that's what I heard, Lusty Dusty. That is what I heard. <laughs> and that's going to be... Our final statement on the topic, Dustin, because that's it for the show. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. 
Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814 206 